and welcome to the Nitty Gritty Podcast. I'm Rachel, and today I have with me as a guest co-host, my dad, Mark. Hello. (laughs) And today we're going to be talking about the 1978 classic superhero movie, Superman the Movie. This is directed by Richard Donner and is written by quite a few people here. We've got Mario Puzo, David Newman, Leslie Newman, Robert Benton, and uh, it looks like uh, Tom Minkowitz has an uncredited screenplay as well. And it is starring Christopher Reeve as Superman Clark Kent, who weirdly has third billing in this movie. Yes. <laughs> uh, Marlon Brando has Jarrell and Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor. And uh, we also have, uh, of course, Marco Kidder as Lois Lane and um, several other people, but those are the the main ones. Um, so before we delve too much into this, there's a couple things I wanted to talk about um, before we get into the, the grid portion of the review. Yes. Um, so first of all, I think we should address just off the right off the top that as we're recording this, uh, this is about a week or so after um, after Margot Kidder died. Yeah. Um, which is is just I mean obviously it's a bummer <laughs> for very much bigger reasons than uh timing wise but yeah i just wanted to to, i mean it's going to be about a month till we post this so there's going to be quite a bit of space in there but that's kind of going to be at at the forefront of particularly when we get into like acting and casting i'm sure it's going to come up but that was just it kind of seemed we were talking about right before we recorded it kind of seemed to fall under the radar no one really talked about it too much um which is just a bummer she was just um a really interesting person had a lot of obviously some some very public downfalls in her life but she really seemed like she was really strong and healthy and and advocating for a lot of things yeah. in her later years yeah. and yeah. i don't know she deserved she more wasn't, she was fairly young too 69 yeah, yeah. like like yeah. not not yeah. tragically young but certainly yeah. certainly too young it's just sad and i don't know so i just wanted to not let that be the elephant in the room so this is the reason i wanted to do um this movie with you there's a couple of different reasons um first of all we had the the big 80th anniversary of the the first edition of superman came out um the 80th anniversary was earlier this year back in april really i thought it was june okay no june is (laughs) one of the reasons i picked june for for when it's going to be released the uh what Clark Kent celebrates as his birthday because oh. it's when the Kents found him on the farm is like June eighteenth. Well, that I think. is a bit of trivia. That yeah, even I didn't know. <laughs> I mean, I had to do some hunting because because obviously we missed the April mark. I, I wasn't doing the podcast yeah. yet, yeah. Um, but I really wanted to do it this year. But Action Comics number one came out in April. Is what you're saying? I believe so. Oh, okay. Some big anniversary, the 80th anniversary, was in April. I'm pretty sure it was that. Okay. And everyone just kept saying Superman's turning 80. So. Yeah. I didn't look too much into it, but um, so that's one big thing. And then the the forty and forty year anniversary of this movie is going to be in December, so we're a little ahead for that. Um, and then also it's going to be Father's Day right before we we record this. So I thought it would be a, a really good one to to do with you, even though we're recording it a little bit <laughs> earlier than that, because um, you're you're a huge Superman fan. Uh, yes, it's, <laughs> uh, it's a part of my personality. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yes, have been for a long time. Um, so what was your uh, introduction to this movie? Did you see it like as a kid in theaters or? Uh, yeah, I saw it in, when it came out in 78, right? 78, uh, yeah. I, I can't remember seeing it in the theater, but I'm quite certain I, I saw it in the theater when it first came out. And I've probably seen it maybe a half a dozen times since then. So it's not like I memorized lines. I can't. In fact, when I watched it, 
for the first time in years, uh, last night, um, a lot of things came back to me that I had forgotten. So. Right, but this... it was fun to watch. It was really fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was fun. I, this is definitely a movie that I know I've seen before. Mm-hmm. Not too many times, probably maybe once or twice before before I watched it today. Um, but it's one of those movies I felt like I had seen a couple dozen times because there's yeah. so many iconic scenes and scenes yes. that get yeah. homages yeah. or parodies or, you know, just yeah. it's so so embedded in our yeah. in our culture. Yeah. Um, so that was neat just seeing it. And, and I don't <laughs> think I had seen it since I got much more into film. Like, I think I was younger when I saw it last. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a fun experience to watch it again, and, and I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. All right, uh, should we delve into the grid then? Well, let me let me oh. let me. I ha- I have one thing. So kind of put this into perspective in the time frame that this movie came out, because that I think it really has a lot of relevance in in a lot of my rating. It was literally the first big budget superhero film. Absolutely. And yeah. um, that to me carried a lot of weight. You know, it yeah. was it was it was very important from that perspective. Um, and just to because I did some research because I, I was pretty sure it was the first superhero movie, but I found it broken down by uh, DC movies and Marvel movies. And there are other movies that are not DC or Marvel, but they're, you know, very, very small, low budget films. Uh, so on the DC side in 1951 came out Superman and the Mole Men. Uh, this was uh, a serial uh, uh, movie. And then, uh, in 1954 was stamp day for Superman. Um, and that was, uh, based on the, um, 1950s, uh, Superman, uh, TV show. Okay. But it came out in theaters in 1966. Uh, there was a Batman movie, but it was the Batman from the 1960s TV series with Adam West. And, you know, gotcha. some days you just don't know how to get rid of a bomb. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that great movie. Uh, and then finally in 1978 came Superman. Uh, on the Marvel side, uh, in 1944 was a, a Captain America 15 chapter serial uh, that showed in theaters. And then it wasn't until 1986. So this was, what, eight years after Superman. Uh, was Howard the Duck. Oh, so, do we have to pretend so that? that I, to me, that really yeah. puts this movie into perspective. Yeah. I mean, it was the first time we saw anything of this caliber uh, of a man flying, for example, and doing yeah. these amazing things. So, um, and, and some of the special effects are just, you know, the first time they've ever been used to that extent. Yeah. Um, so it's a, a, a very important film, I think, it, from that perspective. It launched, uh, you know, everything else came after. So. Absolutely. Anyway, had to say that. All right. So that's going to, that's actually a perfect segue into the, the first category of the grid, which is writing, plot, and genre. Um, and I gave, I'll, I'll just say right off the top that for the um, genre, cliches, tropes, and twists um, subcategory, I gave that a perfect 10, pretty much for, for all the reasons you were just saying, <clears> that it just... Really, I mean, there were a few things here and there. There were TV shows, there were serials, but as yeah. far as like, like I said, big budget Hollywood movie, mainstream, like this is this is ground zero for the whole yeah. genre. Like there, there would be no MCU without this. There right. would be no like, there's right. just like an entire very well established genre. Yeah, yeah, wouldn't exist without yeah. without this yeah. starting point. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, so I had to, even though it does definitely, <laughs> there's times where I'm like oh man, this is really cliche or like, oh man, this is really cheesy. I'm like, but it wasn't. Right. What like this was 
knew this was taking something straight from a comic book and, and doing something new with it. Yeah. Um, so even though by today's standards, looking back, it's a little like, ooh, this was a little rough around the edges. But it's a starting point. Of course it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought that just the, the things it was doing within genre and, and you know, it was very sci-fi fantasy in the beginning and then very like rom-com towards the end and it was just a really like trying to figure out where superheroes fit within genres um yeah. so i yeah. thought it was it was just really interesting from that perspective and just yeah. really fun yeah um, yeah 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 um well this is a little embarrassing because i took the uh, category of cliches tropes and twists in the writing plot as a as something negative in that if you, there were a lot of cliches and a lot of tropes, that wasn't necessarily a good thing. Um, and, and I, you know, granted the movie has a lot of cliches and, and you make a good point though. They were cliches and tropes that, that were, you know, reused for years to come. And they were, they became a, a part of this genre of, of movie making. But um, I, I, just looking at the grid, I took that as, uh, well, there were a lot of cliches and a lot yeah. of tropes, so I scored that a four. That's um, perfectly valid, because it is very... Yeah. I considered going that route, because it is kind of cringy at times. Yes, yes. And I, I tried yeah. to be very honest. You know, it's a, it's, a, it's a movie, it's a character that I have loved for years, but at the same time, I can look at it at face value and realize, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, um, silliness in it. And, yeah. Um, uh, but I didn't... Um, uh, and so that that's why I kind of rated it a, a low score for that one category. That's fair. Yeah. It's one of the lowest categories I think I score. Anyway. I gave, I, I don't want to go too much into this because I know it's been um, discussed elsewhere quite extensively, but I did give plot structure probably a lower score than it deserved um, just because of the nonsensical last act. Mm, yeah. fly, flying around the earth to make time like it, it it's, just I it's mean, I, probably the biggest criticism you hear about this yeah, movie which is, is what happened there what exactly yeah. happened and i can't tell you yeah um, and, and it does feel very like that feels like something you would yeah. read in like a 40s comic book but i feel like even by the by the late 70s like comic books as a medium had yeah. gone past like yeah yeah. Like just being, I mean, maybe that's not true. I haven't read that many comic books, if any, from that time period. So maybe it was still, still just silly adventures. Um, the, but the, it, it just makes no sense. I, I think the the one word description of the plot to me is simple. Yes. It's just a very simple plot. <laughs> you yeah. have good versus evil. And, yeah. Um, but uh, um, it, it, nevertheless. <laughs> Uh, I, I rated plot structure rather high. I went with a seven <laughs> yeah. because I enjoyed the simplicity of it and just the, um, I, I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing like as far as like plot holes and things like that, I don't even necessarily know that I could say like, well, this, the plot just had so many holes. So, I mean, it is, yeah. it is very well structured. Oh yeah, structured. I can get into some of the plot holes. I, I didn't realize yeah. how many plot holes there were <laughs> in this movie, but. <laughs> I mean, because I don't think I really noticed any. I tend to be particular, I mean, this wasn't my first viewing, but it was my first viewing in a very long time. And I tend to yeah. gloss over those pretty easily. Yeah. Um, and I think especially in comparison with the flying around the earth, like that's yeah. just all, when yeah. I saw plot structure, yeah. all I could think of was like, that can't happen. Yeah. 
Um, well, I found uh, there were num numerous instances where characters knew things that they should not have known. They had no way of well, that knowing. that makes sense, yeah. Um, they, uh, one example is uh, the interview on the balcony, uh, Lois Lane and Superman. And Lois Lane asked the questions, I hear you can see through anything. I, and it's like, well, where did you hear yeah, that? Yeah, <laughs> I did wonder that. <laughs> yeah, so that was out of the blue. Yeah. Uh, and then um, Lex Luthor's um, discovery, I guess, of, of kryptonite. And obviously, meteorites from the planet Krypton uh, came to Earth, and those meteorites are going to kill him. Naturally. Of course. <laughs> so where did you put that together? Yeah. I and every, even... all the other characters just went along with it. Okay, well, that's that's what right. we need to do then. Yeah. Um, so that was, I mean, there were little plot holes like that that was, uh, um, yeah, kind of. Well, and then, of course, the, the, the final scene when he, um, or the final act when he does, you know, spin the world around. And we don't need to get into the ridiculousness <laughs> of that. But... Um, what did he actually do? What happened to the missile? Did the missile actually go off? Yeah. Did the earthquake not happen? Although he pulled the car out of the... Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, the earthquake must have still happened because yeah. Jimmy Olsen comes running out and is like, right. like you left right. me in the middle of an earthquake, right. in the middle of a desert with no food or water. Yeah. Raising yeah. some very valid yeah. concerns. And everyone's like, like, I think Lois literally puts her hand over his mouth like, oh, Jimmy, you dumb kid, shut up. <laughs> I'm like, he's completely right. He yeah. just left him out there. Yeah, yeah. And then went to go find Lois. He yeah. couldn't have just brought Jimmy to the car? What was he thinking? <laughs> and Superman leaves it there and says, you'll be safe here. And yeah. then all of the rocks started falling on him. <laughs> okay, so. Yeah. So what did, you, what did you rate plot structure? Plot structure I gave a 4 okay. out of 10. Which, like I said, is probably too low because, I mean, there were a little, like you were saying, little things here and there. They're like, well, that doesn't quite make sense. But the plot structure was fairly solid and it tells, like, it does a good job of telling right. this narrative of like, okay, getting from point A to B. But it's just my, my suspension of disbelief does not suspend that far. And, right. and I didn't know where else to knock it down, so I knocked it down in plot <laughs> structure. Um, yeah, I, I, I really want to get into it more, but no, I, it's, it's just been done. So yeah. everyone talks about how it makes no sense. So, and I also thought for some reason, I thought that that happened in the second movie. So I wasn't, I didn't brace myself for like, you're going to get mad in the well, last act. And I'm like, oh, here it is. <laughs> is it, is it fair to bring up trivia? <laughs> oh yeah. So, it, it was supposed to, it was originally conceived as being the solution to the second movie to erase Lois Lane's memory of, of Superman's identity. And what they okay. were going to do is he was going to uh, send the rocket, uh, one of the missiles, into space where it was going to shatter the Phantom Zone. And, that's, that's, and that was going to open up the way for the, for the second movie. Oh, um, that would have made more sense. It would have. <laughs> it would have. So um, I don't know why they restructured it I, I haven't figured that out yet but i did huh. read that bit of trivia that okay. the the spinning around the earth was supposed to be the solution to lois lane discovering his his identity it seems like a little bit of a drastic it measure, seems a little drastic okay okay <laughs> <laughs> i did think it was interesting one of my notes is just that um it was so far ahead of its time as far as like, I mean, maybe because I guess there was The Godfather. That was oh, yeah. before this, right? Yeah. That was early 70s. I think so. Um, but as far as like, I mean, at the very beginning, you see Zod and, and the other two get expelled and, yeah. and we never see them again. Right. Because that's the second right, movie. Right, right. And I was just like, 
that, that's really really ahead of its time yeah like movies yeah. didn't as far yeah. as i know movies didn't do that yeah. until like marvel right. or right. maybe a little before marvel right. right so i thought that that was really cool um they did yeah. pretty much film both one and two together so they which, which knew. was also not really done not really done no yeah. no I'm I'm really into trivia when I watch movies, <laughs> so I'll read about trivia and whatnot. So if you if I'm doing too much, you just stop me. That's no, all right. Jesse um, does the same thing when we do reviews. Yeah, <laughs> it runs in the family. Okay. <laughs> the um, uh, it was the uh, largest budget production budget for any Warner Brothers movie to date uh, at that time. So yeah. it uh, you know it was uh, huge, and they spent two years just trying to figure out how to do the flying sequences. Oh, yeah, I bet. It was so uh, revolutionary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they tried all different kinds of things, including shooting a dummy out of a cannon. And, oh, jeez. You know, wow. <laughs> they were trying anything and everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they were going to do animation, and uh, that didn't work. So they spent mm-hmm. millions of dollars trying to get the flying right. Wow. And I remember, I can remember this, actually, back in the late 70s. Leading up to the movie, they would have single posters, and you'd see ads in in magazines, and all it would have the Superman sign, uh, the logo, and all it would say was, "You will believe a man can fly," because we had never seen anything like that before. Wow! Yeah. Um, and so everybody was just the anticipation, or can they pull this off? Can they really make it work? And uh, for the time, uh, they did. Yeah. yeah. Even for now, I mean, it's definitely dated, but it, it holds up fairly well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. definitely, like I said, it's 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 not I mean, you have to, <laughs> you, you have to suspend disbelief, right? I yeah. mean, you have to accept that this is a movie about a, a flying man that has super strength. And <laughs> he didn't use uh, heat vision in that movie, did he? I feel like there were a lot of powers he didn't he Yeah, didn't use his, his he didn't cold use the cold breath, breath. yeah. He uses X ray quite a bit in some inappropriate ways. Yes. Yes, we can. (laughs) (laughs) I did really like, especially considering that this was like the first like superhero movie. I thought they handled the the exposition fairly well for the most part, especially in the very beginning when it's like they're getting ready to send him away and they're like like, okay, like here's all the powers he's gonna have and it's like and, and I liked the sequence. I had forgotten about this. I like the sequence of the baby in the capsule on yeah. its way to earth and just hearing that exposition and it yeah. wasn't it wasn't too lengthy and it wasn't verbose but it was just sufficient that you understood how this was happening how he was going to get his powers and, yeah um yeah it was cool that was cool yeah. i also like that um he spent 12 years which I, I can't imagine. So he spent 12 years <laughs> in the Fortress of Solitude with nothing but his holographic father. What was and 12 years? 12 years. I thought he said one year, and I was like, that doesn't no. seem like enough time, but no. 12. He was 18 when he went in yeah. to the fortress. And uh, um, he said, uh, he said during that exposition of him being there, he says, 12 of your earth years will have passed. Uh, and so he was 30 when he... Huh. Out, so. Well, it makes more sense because I was trying to figure out what happened and I was like, I feel like we're missing about 10 yeah, years. There yeah. they are. <laughs> what really surprises, <laughs> this is really nitpicky, but how did he establish any kind of adult relationship when he was, you know, just with his 
Yeah. Holographic father for 12 years. To be fair, he was pretty awkward. Yes. yes. <laughs> Although yes. not as Superman, just as Clark Kent. Yeah. So. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, that was that was some of the best acting, I think, in the movie, was that transition between Clark Kent and Superman. I think yeah. that there was such a distinct difference. And there was one scene that I really, really liked uh, when he was in, Clark Kent was in Lois's apartment. And she went off to the other room and he took off his glasses like he was going to, he's going to tell her. Yeah. Uh, because she's obviously now infatuated with Superman. Yeah. Uh, so he takes off his glasses and you could just see in a split second, he became Superman. And then, yeah. he, then he changed his mind and he put his glasses back on and he was this awkward bumbling guy. Um, it was so well done. It was very subtle, but it was just so well done. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. <clears throat> How did you feel about the the pace of the movie overall? Um, I I thought it flowed pretty well. Um, I I think it was it it felt a bit quick. Uh, I, I mean, it felt like we were just moving along quickly. Not that the yeah. I I don't know if that described it right, but it 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 didn't seem like it was a two hour movie. It seemed like it was about an hour and a half. <laughs> okay. To me, um, yeah. um, and and I don't know. Maybe it's because I was enjoying it. I wasn't watching the clock. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I found the pace a little slow. A little slow at times. I, I definitely <clears throat> enjoyed it throughout, but there were just yeah. Like now, I'm trying to even remember what felt really slow, but there was just oh, I can <clears throat> give you one. <laughs> I'll give you one. Oh, and I I just. I hate this scene every time I see it. It's just I think I might know what you're gonna say. Can you read my mind? Oh, my God. oh I just hate that. Tristan happened to be in the room when that scene came on and the whole time. I'm just like, oh, this is bad. Oh, it is. It's it's, just, it's still happening. Yes. Oh, and it goes on and on. For so long. And it's like, is this is a different movie now? Yeah. And it just for that, you know, you know, three or four minutes. Oh, it felt like twenty. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like this isn't the movie I was watching just no. just a minute ago. So it was very awkward. It was silly. I guess she was supposed to, uh, Margot Kidder was supposed to sing uh, that uh, yeah. that song or that poem. Um, but I guess she wasn't good enough. But, uh, <laughs> I was curious. I was going to get to this when we get to the, to the sound design, but I might as well talk about it now. They actually, um, let me find my notes. So I noticed in the end credits, it's going through all the music, and all of a sudden a song comes up, and yeah. it says, there's a song, Can You Read My Mind, music by John Williams, lyrics by Leslie Bricuse, I want to say is how you pronounce uh -huh. the name, performed by Margot Kidder. Okay. And I thought that was really weird, because I was like, that wasn't even really a song, but they yeah. seemed to be considering it a song. And so I looked up Leslie Bricuse, thinking that must be one of the screenwriters, no, they hired a very well-known lyricist to write a song for this movie. Why did they do that? This is the same wow. guy. He wrote all of the song, the lyrics for the songs in Dr. Doolittle in the 60s and Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. He wrote all those songs. Oh, my goodness. And then, like, he was, like, a go-to guy. It looked like through IMDb, like, in the 60s and 70s, he wrote, like, a handful of like, you know, like the Academy Awards always has like a musical number in the beginning. He wrote like yeah. five or six of those and like 
things for uh, like late night shows. If they have a musical number, he wrote a few here and there. So he's like a a musical lyricist, wow. like for Hollywood musicals. And they went out of their way to hire him to write a song for Superman the movie. And and it clearly didn't work. Yeah. And it's yeah. not even a song by yeah. the end of it. Yeah. And oh man, it just. Well, how that whole scene stayed in the movie I'll never, That's, yeah. I'll never understand it's almost a two and a half hour long movie Why was it really that, that long it, it's like hours? two hours and 20 minutes oh wow yeah huh now now i watched because there's like 28 different versions of this movie right <laughs> okay there's extended cuts and director's cuts and this oh, and maybe that maybe i watched an thing. extended cut though. Uh, they they showed a uh three hour um version of this movie on tv um, at, at some hmm. point, and it's a very hard to get copy of the movie, and uh, there's some extra scenes in there, obviously. Huh. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so just I, I don't know how long my movie was, but I watched the uh, original theatrical version. But regardless, whatever version I watched was was about two hours and twenty minutes, and it kind of felt like it yeah. <laughs> to me. But yeah, there were just a few things here and there that that was like, oh man, this feels like a long movie. <laughs> I guess I think the pace was quick because we just went from a brief exposition, for example, by Lex Luthor saying, I'm going to do this land grab. And then all of a sudden we're launching missiles. You know, it wasn't yeah. like it, it, he didn't have to put that plan together. We didn't see that. Um, so in that respect, I think it, it moved quickly. But I can see yeah. that other places in the movie it was slower. What did you give it for for uh, pace? Pace, I gave it a four out of ten. Yeah, see, I, you're gonna find that I'm scoring kind of high. <laughs> yeah. These, so. um, seven was kind of my go-to number in a lot of these, including pace. I uh, yeah, that's fair. I just and now I'm curious to know yeah. if we watched the same version. That would be an important thing to know. But mm. yeah, it's probably close enough if it's different. I guess that's about everything I have to say. Um, within the plot and genre category overall. Was there anything else you want to want to add or anything to talk about? I don't think so. Um, so what was your overall score? Oh, for what, what about uh, world building exposition? Um, that one I gave an, an eight out of 10 to. I thought okay. it was, I thought it was yeah. pretty good. There were just a few times, like especially the, the fortress of fortress of solitude scene I thought the exposition went on a little bit too long. Mm. It was kind of like, we kind of already know all this and yeah. it's still going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there were a few times when the exposition, and even like the interview scene with, with Lois where it's like, we, we kind of already know all this. And why is he even like telling Like he's like, Oh, is that lead? I can't see through lead. Let yeah. me tell you yeah. all my weaknesses. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> if I told you about kryptonite. <laughs> yeah. I gave it a, I gave world building a, a seven because I thought I thought they did a good job of explaining you know Krypton and and you know, what what that world was like and then you know getting to Earth and his parents and so anyway I I, I like so overall overall I gave plot and genre a a six point one out of ten okay. which which technically um, exceeds expectations by my standards but is is on the lower end of that, mostly because of, of my issues with the last act, I think are primarily that's, what brings it down. I think that's completely fair. <laughs> um, I came up with a six. Uh, oh. And that was mostly knocked down because I interpreted the cliches and tropes as uh, 
the way I did. So. Yeah, which um, is perfectly valid. I can see it going either way because it is very cliche and tropey. Oh, yes, very <laughs> tropey. Very yes. much so. Yes. And a lot of those, because I mean, even though this is the first superhero genre, I'm like, it's basically a sci-fi fantasy movie. So, I mean, those tropes, yeah. Yeah. like, they still existed. Right. Even though this is establishing a new genre. So, I mean, yeah, there's not really that much of an excuse for it to be as cliche as it was at times. Right. Um, but I always like seeing early forms of genre. So that's probably why I was pretty generous and gave it a perfect <laughs> 10. Um, all right. Um, so that's going to bring us to the next category, which is going to be writing characters. Whew, I have kind of a lot to say about yeah, this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, not a lot of motivation. No. It's pretty much... Well, there's not... Yeah, there's just no motivation. No. He just... Lex Luthor is evil. What more do you need to know? You yeah, know? yeah. It, he has. Because even <laughs> Superman's pretty one-dimensional, too. But it's like, well, he yeah. wants to do good. That's... I get it. Yeah. Yeah. But the mo- the whole, like, idea... Like, he's just like a James Bond villain. of like, oh, I'm going to sink the world and yes. get all the prime property. And yes. I'm like, is that really what you want? Yeah. Did you really think this through? Yeah. Why do you want to do that again? Like, I just don't. It makes just like I mean the whole last act. It just makes no sense. Yeah, I I took some some issue with that. Um, a lot of it I was a little bit generous with my scores within this category, just because it it is such an early superhero movie, and I kind of feel like well they're still yeah. figuring it out, and yeah. it's just good versus yeah. evil. So I was definitely not as harsh as I as I easily could have been. Yeah, overall the characters were very one-dimensional. There was no depth to them. There was no reasons for their actions. They didn't have that motivation that you look for. And didn't make any apologies for it, you know. It was just yeah. like this is this is the movie we're making. <laughs> I did think um the character of Lois Lane was was interesting and she seemed to have she certainly had agency, which for a love interest in a superhero movie, even even now in 2018, is sometimes hard for studios for whatever reason. Um, that said, the second Superman arrives, she just turns into like this bumbling. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like they're up on the balcony and she's interviewing him. And I'm like, you are a professional yeah. reporter. You were, you were about to interview the president of the United States like the same day this conversation is happening. Like yeah. you, you have interviewed high profile people like... Yeah. I get being maybe a little flustered. I get that this is, like, a crazy thing that's happening. Yeah. But, like, her whole thing of, like, like just, like, making sexual innuendos constantly and, like, the question she's asking him is, like, how tall are you? How much do you weigh? I'm, like, the first question you're going to ask is not, how do yeah. you fly and where did you come from? Right, <laughs> Like, like right. what what are you doing? Right. What are these questions? Yeah. And she just, and then, of course, that leads into the... Can you read my mind? And it's just like, what happened to this character? She yeah. was great for the yeah. first hour. Well, she yeah. wasn't in the first hour of the movie, but well, before that. You know, Lois Lane is supposed to be this extremely smart, very capable, very independent woman. And yeah. to see her devolve into this, you know, giggly schoolgirl school, exactly. that has a crush on this guy... Yeah. It's not Lois Lane. Yeah, and it's just yeah. it's just unfortunate. It's still, to be fair, still one of the better iterations of her character in a lot of ways, but eh, yeah. it's I don't know. And I mean Mario Kiddo is great. And and I think as casting wise, she's my favorite Lois Lane by far. Um but really? I yeah. always I've always had a problem with her really? casting. Yeah. Aww. I just never I think there are others that have 
Well, I can't think of any others right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, like maybe she's not the best possible, but the best we've seen so far, at least. Maybe. Although, maybe. Noelle Neal. I haven't seen her in much, yeah. to be fair, but look-wise, yeah. she was great. I don't know that this is fair, but uh, um, Superman the Animated Series, they had okay. Lois Lane, um, and she was voiced by, oh, I can't remember her name. That's the way Lois Lane is supposed to be. Okay. Uh, she was just very capable, very... Um, professional and very strong and uh, yeah. uh, very assertive and very um, confident. So that's, that's to me, how Lois Lane should be portrayed. Okay. Um, and Margot Kidder just didn't pull that off. I so, get that. She does. Yeah. I think they, they went a little bit too far with like, oh, she's super clumsy and like yeah. she gets flustered and yeah. like, yeah. like that, that can yeah. work a little bit. Yeah. Like, but... Yeah. And and we have to remember too, though, that what came before in terms of you know Superman on film or live action Superman, um, and what we had in the comics at that time, it was very campy. Oh yeah. Everything oh, yeah. was very campy, uh, and so I think they tried to uh, work with that and still yeah. make it real. Um, yeah, because I I do know that the filmmakers tried to be realistic in wherever they could. Yeah. So anyway, I do think I wasn't quite sure where to put this complaint, but I think it it largely comes out of dialogue, so that's where I stuck it. Mm -hmm. But the humor throughout this movie, I had a a real problem with. Because it just wasn't funny. <laughs> it wasn't funny. And there were times where it was just offensive. Yeah. Like, like there was... The, the one that sticks out the most is the scene where it's... I don't even know her character's name. The the girl who was the Lex Luthor's girlfriend or whatever. Oh, Miss Tessmacher. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> I didn't remember her name at all. But um, her, like she gets into like the fake car accident yeah. to detract, distract the people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then they're like, like, oh, she's having trouble breathing. Let's yeah. do a, a vigorous chest massage and mouth to mouth. Yeah. No, yeah. None of you can do that it. Was, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And then he like makes them all turn their back so he can like yeah. assault what is this he? unconscious yeah. woman. And I'm like, yeah. this isn't yeah. Yeah. like, the, I mean, I know that, it was like a ruse and she was a bad guy and she wasn't really in trouble, but that's not the point. Like yeah. those people didn't yeah. know that. And to yeah. make a joke out of yeah. assault was just... It no, was, it was... Uh, it was upsetting. I was it, just like, come on. <laughs> yeah, that was way over the top. Yeah, even... And I mean, I know, like, it's 1978, times have changed, but I'm not going to let it slide, because... No, I don't th think Things don't should. change if you don't, if you don't say right. anything. That's so, right. so that was something. And there were a few other instances <sighs> with, with the humor. I mean, even just, like, when Superman has the kryptonite around his neck, and then the girl just told me her name, and I already forgot it. Miss Tessmarker. Miss Tessmacher, she comes over and like is about to take the kryptonite off and then kisses him and then throws it out. And he's like, why did you kiss me? And she's like, because you wouldn't let me if, like if I waited. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. so you let him like rile around in agony longer than he needed to be. So you could do something you knew he didn't want you to do. Yeah. Like that's not, I mean, I know it's just a silly little moment. But I'm like, that's not okay. And yeah. then like, meanwhile, like these missiles are going there. I'm like, they're going to kill your mom. Like you just, you're like, oh you're going to save this city first, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. And he's like, okay, let me get my kiss in. And I'm just like, 
What's wrong with you people? Time is of the essence here. It was just unsettling. I didn't care for it. Yeah. And those those missiles, by the way, were flying way longer than they oh, should. Yeah. Like... Should have been like instant. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, so there were just a few things like that within the humor that I dogged dialogue for just because um I wasn't sure if that was more of a plot structure or or dialogue, yeah. but I, and, and then, like you said, a lot of things just weren't funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, the um, uh, Luther's little henchman, but um, played by Ned Beatty, um, I can't remember his name. I don't, I'm so um, bad with names. But his um, his character got old fast. Oh yeah, and yeah. that's definitely. I mean, that goes back to like the the cliches and tropes of yes. like, well, you gotta have the overly stupid henchman, and I'm like, yeah. why would he keep right an overly stu- like that's counterproductive to everything, yeah. like. Yeah. Why? I just right. don't, I don't understand. Yeah. Um, and I just don't, the whole making fun of stupid people is another trope that I'm just like, Yeah. is this, I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, I don't find it funny. It's just kind of annoying at best and offensive at worst. I didn't find that, I don't know, I guess offensive a little, is a little harsh in this instance, but I'm like, okay, I know this joke and it's going to keep going for the whole movie. Awesome. <laughs> 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 I did really like the humor that did work, um, even though it was a little over the top. But I did like the kind of like romantic comedy exchanges between like Clark Kent and Lois Lane. And, uh-huh. you know, and I especially I thought it was a nice touch that like he as Superman, like or I guess he didn't have to be as Superman. But he gives her the note that's like, oh, I'll meet you at your apartment, which also is also super creepy. It's like, wouldn't she be like, how do you know where I live? Yeah. But anyway, that aside, Bunny yeah. <laughs> was like, oh, like, I'll meet you at your place. And then, like, he does. But then he also, as Clark Kent, is like, hey, let's meet up on the same day at the same time. <laughs> and then he, like, he intentionally double books and then, like, acts like he's all like, didn't you hear me knocking? I've been waiting for yeah. you. Where have you been? We have a date. And I'm like, you're such a pill, Clark. Oh, that was <laughs> quite charming. <laughs> so... <laughs> I didn't pick up on that. That is, that is funny. <laughs> so that kind of humor worked, but just it's mostly with the villains. Like they just went so far with like the camp aspect of the villains. Yes. And it was just yeah. like this isn't very compelling. But the stuff with Clark was great. Yeah. I think the um, Lex Luthor and his henchmen <laughs> uh, were the the. Uh, not the best written characters. No. Yeah, of the whole movie, I think they were probably the worst. I agree. Um, yeah. They just <laughs> just weren't... I keep going back to, really, you're going to do all of this damage for a land grab? I mean, right. <laughs> if you can... If, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, if you just want money, like, it's called a pyramid scheme, dude. Yeah, like, there's there, other, there are ways. other ways. There are other ways. <laughs> you're so and, smart. And who's going to be buying and kept, that property? And he kept, uh, just... you know, referring to himself, especially, uh, I think, in the final scene when he was taken to prison. He's bragging to the warden. He's the uh, most intelligent criminal mind in the world. It's, uh, who would refer to themselves that way? Right. <laughs> and, and how can he even believe that's true? Like, look at your life, buddy. Yeah. Like, is this something an intelligent person would do? Yes. Like, <laughs> look who you surround yourself with. Yeah, <laughs> look where you live. <laughs> and not to mention the trope of like, like, oh, I'm gonna take out the enemy, but before I do, 
Let me tell you my whole plan. Whole, let me tell you everything. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. why? Yeah. Why did he do that? Why didn't he just like make a kryptonite bullet and shoot him? There, there are better ways than this yeah. whole elaborate. But yeah. and he brought him to his own lair. <laughs> Why would you do that? Like way to tip your hand in every way possible. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I did like, um, as far as character development goes, I did like some of the interactions between, or I guess just the one interaction really that we see between the uh, teenage Clark and um, uh, Jonathan Kent. Where, oh, like, yeah. you know, then he's, you know, lamenting the fact of, like, you know, I can't show my true potential. And, like, is it really showing off if, like, yeah. is it showing off for a bird to fly? Like, it's just, it's yeah. what, it's my abilities. Why can't I? Yeah. You know, yeah. why do I have to hold back? And then it's, you know, like, his advice of, like, yeah. you know, like, you're meant for more than playing football. Like, you'll, you know, you're meant for more. Um, so I, I thought that that exchange was nice. Um, I guess that's really all I have to say about that. Yeah, it was, it was, it was touching. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And very much so, like, it, obviously this came way before it, movie-wise, but it reminded me very much of, like, you know, Uncle Ben and, and Peter Parker yeah, and, you know, yeah. with great power comes great responsibility. Uh-huh. Like, it was just very similar without feeling like I've been there, done that. Because, yeah. um, obviously, that line came from the comic books, which was before this, so it's it gets yeah. all wonky timeline-wise of who's copying who yeah. with DC and Marvel. But, like, it just felt similar, but but... <laughs> Touching, like you said. Right. Um, so I liked that that relationship. I wish they didn't always have to kill Jonathan Kent. I know that's like from the comics or whatever. Yeah. 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 I think it gives gives the character of Clark Kent a milestone that he needs to move on. And But it was when he was 18. We're seeing him when he's 30 and he never yeah. mentions his dad again. Yeah. yeah and he shows yeah. so much more grief over Lois Lane, who he's known for like a week. Yes. Than yeah. he did yeah. for his dad. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I felt that uh, one of the lowest scores I had in writing in characters was character arcs. It's yeah. just nothing really happened with yeah, these characters. Just they, yeah, it's just a flat it's just flatline. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still gave, I gave the character arcs, I still gave it a 5 out of 10, mostly because with most superhero movies, even with Marvel, especially origin story superhero movies, there usually isn't one, unfortunately. Um, it's usually just... You start off a good guy and you end a good guy, but you beat a bad guy in the end. Yeah. Um, so I didn't dock it for that, but it certainly didn't get any extra points for me. Um, and yeah, it's just the, yeah. the superhero doing superhero things. And right. No, right. You, even with the with the death of his father, I'm like, there were no arcs. There were no, I don't know, he didn't like swear off humans for any reason and go fly to Krypton. Right, right. Yeah, right. I guess that comes, but <laughs> like there was nothing. So yeah, I, I completely agree. It was pretty... One note. Yep. I think the highest score I gave, um, pretty much by far, was the character likability. Yep, oh, they did. Yeah, they did a really good job. For <laughs> for as one note as most of these characters are, I'm like they're still really likable. I still yeah. want these people to, yeah. Yeah. to be okay and and yeah. have a happily ever after. Like I thought they did a really good job with that. One of my favorite secondary characters, I think, was Perry White. I thought. Yeah. I really liked that. I always portrayal. liked Perry White. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's just a great character. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah. thought the. Oh, I don't know the actor's yeah, name. Yeah, I know. But... I can't remember. Uh, yeah, it's escaping me. Yeah. I also really liked. Um, a lot of it, I think, comes with acting and casting, but I really liked Jimmy Olsen. Like, I thought that he, yeah. was, he was barely in it, and they somehow still made. I think they just made such a point of, like, you know, as he's talking to Lois Lane, she's like, oh, how'd you like 
your first day and did you like Perry White? He's like, yeah, Perry White seems really nice. I really like that Jimmy Olsen kid. <laughs> like, they really make a point of like, like he's likable, but it worked because I'm like, yeah, he's barely in it. And I'm well, still in, like. In the comic, I, I, I suppose they threw that line in. I'm imagining because in the comics, uh, Jimmy Olsen is portrayed as Superman's pal. Yeah. And so it's, you know, trying to establish at least that there's a relationship starting between. Yeah. Superman or Clark Kent and, and Jimmy Olsen. Which I like. I thought that was nicely handled. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> like, one thing about character that I like, I'm just looking over my notes here really quick. I thought this was a, a nice, subtle, but very silly detail. When um, Lois Lane is at the very beginning is, like, complaining to Perry White about, like, you know, why are you giving Clark these stories? Like, that's my beat. That's what yeah. I do. And he's like, he's, like, he's, like, listing all the reasons of why... She should give Clark Kent a chance. And then the last thing he says is like, and he's the fastest typer I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really liked that. I thought yeah, it was... That was that was funny. Yeah. One scene that I, I wasn't... I, I liked it, but I thought they went a little overboard with it was when um, Lois and Clark get mugged. And, yeah. and like... Clark Kent is like so spineless in that scene. And like I know, like I get why. Like he can't just bend the gun in half and call yeah. it a day. Like yeah. he's gotta play yeah. the part. Yeah. But he's just like, oh like like cause even Lois is like, let's yeah. just get out of here, let's run. And he's like, no, oh, no, I think we better do what he says. Yeah. And then like I would have hmm. rather and they they've done it this way in other movies, where he does something bumbling that actually stops the, yeah. the, the mugger right. uh, in some awkward, you know, clumsy way. Yeah. Um, but uh, you you know it was all that was his intent. Uh, yeah. But uh, no, to play the part up so much that he's this just you know, goofball. He just he just came off as such a coward. Yeah. Which I mean I think was intentional. Like it was supposed yeah. to be like oh when he's not Superman, <clears throat> like Lois is the one who saves him because like she kicks the guy in the face and like yeah you yeah. know which I thought was great. Like I did like that. Like he was like playing it safe and she was willing to to do something. Yeah. Um, which if he wasn't Superman, would have gotten him killed. But, you know, regardless. <laughs> um, so I liked that aspect. And, like, I see what they were doing. But he was just so, like... Yeah. Like, oh, like... And then just even, like, his the way he was talking to the guy of, like, oh, well, violence never solved anything. And then he's like, oh, yeah, you're right. Like, clearly being sarcastic. And he's like, oh, yeah, I changed this guy's mind. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, yeah. read the room, guy. Like, <laughs> oh, they just... Like I know what they were doing, and for the most part, they they did it well. But it was a little a little over the top. Yeah, yeah. I think that is. I had a lot of notes for this category, but I think that is about everything on my list, at least. Yeah, um, is I there anything? I didn't have a lot of notes on this. All right. Um. So should we give our final scores for this one? Yes. All right. So I did for uh, writing characters. This actually surprises me a little bit. It got slightly higher than my plot and genre category. I give it a six point four out of ten. Uh, I think largely just because of how likable the characters are. That really oh. kind of saved it for I, me. I rated a little bit lower than you. I, I got a 5.6. Okay. That um, is perfectly fair. <laughs> I, uh, I I dinged it on uh, character uh, or I mean, uh, character arcs. Yeah. Uh, got a low score there. Um, and the character inner needs uh, got a slightly lower score. Um, okay. I actually gave character inner needs a fairly high score. I don't think they explored it as well as they could have. Um, but I did kind of like, I think just going back to that interaction with, with Clark and, and his dad where it was like, yeah, like he just wanted to 
move up to his full potential, I guess, which which I don't think they played up enough. Yeah, um, I think I think I dinged it more because of the other characters. That's fair. Yeah, yeah particularly the villain. But the I villains, mean, there was nothing. Um, and even you know Lois Lane. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Her her inner need was to get laid. Let's yeah, be yeah. real. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow. Like, well, <laughs> we watched the same movie, right? Like, yeah, she was. Uh, <laughs> she was just. She was yeah, okay. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anyway. Yeah, I get what you're saying. There was no. not much in the way of inner needs. No. All right. Uh, so that's going to move us to the next category, which we've already talked a little bit about. And that's going to be acting and casting. Mm-hmm. Um, so we should probably start with the, with the, I guess, obvious question of, of Christopher Reeve and how does he, he fit in with your I- idea, I guess, of, of Superman. There's always quite the debate over uh, who's know, the best. I, and Yeah, I... Um... That's a good question. Uh, who's the best Superman? Um, I, I kind of think it's it's Christopher Reeve, and it, and yeah. it it just might be though because he held that title for so long. Yeah, he really did. Um, that he just became so iconic to that role yeah. uh, that everybody else kind of paled in comparison. Yeah. Um, not to say the others that came after him didn't do a very good job. I, I thought Brandon Routh did did fine. In fact, he reminded me a lot of Christopher Reeve, especially his portrayal of Clark Kent. Yeah. Um, but there's still, I mean, that Christopher Reeve, he was the first one. And yeah. uh, he's the one that had to figure out how to portray these two different characters in, in, in one acting uh, session. So it's... Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I really give it to Christopher Reeve. I, I can't yeah. think of, you know, and it, I, I think because there's so much history now, um, and yeah. he held it for so long, um, that I still hold him as the the winner in that category. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I mean, I do really like um, Brendan Routh is who, who is now, right? No, that's Henry no. Cavill. Oh, yeah. yeah. This guy, I always forget. Um, I like Henry Cavill, actually, quite a bit. That said, I don't think he's he is able. I'd, I don't want to like really talk about the DCEU at all because yeah. that's yeah. a whole can that's of worms. That's a whole. <laughs> but I will just say I think that he would be my favorite Superman if he was given better material to work with. Yes, um, I, I think he's a fine actor. Yeah. Now we're talking about Henry Cavill, but um, yeah. Um, the way they're writing him now, he's Isn't just dark and brooding, yeah. and uh, that's not Superman. Right, I yeah. completely agree. Yeah. I, I think in a mm. in another timeline, <laughs> he could he could uh, yeah. probably yeah. be my favorite, but with the writing of what he's given, yes. um, yeah, I it's, completely it's agree. Just, yeah, so so I would have to agree that that I think Christopher Reeve is my favorite. Yeah, um, it was interesting. I was talking with um, with mom actually about this, and she had some very Strong feelings. I'd mentioned that we were going to be reviewing this. She's like, "Oh, I don't like his Superman," and I, I just yeah, she I she to... really doesn't. Mm-hmm. I, I can't quite get out of her what it is. I I I think she can't get past the you know the simple nature of the plot. The uh, yeah, you know the flat uh, you know character arcs. The the, yeah. the campy which, which dialogue. Is fair. I, 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 Although so... I think I think her favorite though. I don't know how much that holds up because isn't her favorite Dean Cain? It <laughs> doesn't get much campier than Lois. You Clark know, I, I've never asked Superman. her. Is it? Is it Dean Cain? I know. I, think, I know. I she, think you might be right. I know she be. thinks very highly of him. Yeah. So. Yeah. Which for a long time that was true of me too, because I mean that's that's 
Yeah. That was my introduction. That yeah. was what I grew up on. Yeah. Um, and same thing with, with Terry Hatcher as, as Lois Lane. Like, that was my Lois Lane. And then as I got older, I was like, oh, there's better stuff out I there. thought Terry Hatcher, by the way, I think Terry Hatcher did a good job as Lois Lane. She did a good job. It's just the... I don't know. I made the mistake of revisiting that show relatively oh, recently. It's probably been wow. like 10 years now, but I watched the whole thing. I was like, that was really fun from a nostalgia point of view. Yeah. But wow. Doesn't hold up. Does not hold yeah, up. Yeah. Um, but I do like her as far as her, her attitude and her look and all yeah. that. I, I do think she yeah. she pulled it off pretty well. Mm-hmm. But anyway, back to this movie. Yes, back to this movie. <laughs> um, so yeah, I thought the, the casting all around was really good. Um, I guess that's really... As far as like face acting and line deliveries, um, I thought they were fine. The thing... I probably should have given face acting a little bit of a higher score because I always for I I think I need to rename the category to more like like physical acting or something. So I always think of just the facial reactions. Yeah. But I'm like I guess yeah. the like postures and things like that would fall yeah. under that too. Well, that's um, true. That's true. I just I literally just realized yeah. that with the, with the last review that Tristan and I did, we were talking about um, Captain America, and then that same thing came up of one like, oh, I guess I guess like body movements would go under face acting. I should probably rename it. But I obviously haven't yet. <laughs> um, yeah, because that that if you categorize it that way, there is so much that that uh, Christopher Reeve did. Yeah, which is why I'm like, yeah. oh, I should have given this a higher score. Because yeah. um, I, I did not consider that when I did. I just gave it a yeah. five out of ten because I was just thinking, I was yeah. like, no, it's yeah. all fine. And kind of say line deliveries, I gave a six point five, um, which is probably maybe a little bit too generous. Um, I gave it a seven. It was, I think it was. Yeah, I guess I don't really have too much to say about acting and casting. Oh, I did think, I take it back, I do have one note. Um, whoever played Clark Kent as, like, a teenager. Yes. He looked like he was, like, 28. He looked really old to me. Maybe not 28, yeah. but not 18. They, um, interesting thing, they, a guy had to go through, like, three hours of makeup. Really? Uh, every day. Uh, Just to make him look like Christopher make Reeve? Make him look more like Christopher Reeve. Huh. Uh, and then, without his knowledge... <laughs> Uh, Christopher Reeve did all of the voice. He he did. Uh, oh, really? He, he redubbed uh, huh. every single line that actor spoke. I didn't even notice. It shows he, he how much was, attention I pay. He was a little upset. <laughs> <laughs> I would be too. Yeah, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, he says it took him years to make amends with Christopher Reeve. <laughs> oh, but was but, it was it his fault? Was he the one who wanted to? No, do that? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. so. Huh. But anyway, um, yeah, they they tried very hard to make him look. I don't know how old he was. Yeah, he just looked, I mean, he did look a decent amount like Christopher Reeve. I'll give him that. Yeah. Um, it just he just seemed a little too old. Yeah. Because like he looks, he seems more like college than high school. Yeah. And I was thinking, like just from the way he was interacting with people, I was like, I felt like he was supposed to be like fifteen, but I guess I guess it was closer to eighteen. Yeah. I don't know how long of a time frame that was supposed to be, but yeah. Yeah. but obviously when he went to the the Fortress of Solitude, he was eighteen. Mm-hmm. But he, just, I mean, he looked like he was in his mid twenties at least. Yeah. Um, which maybe that's nitpicky. Maybe it's not that big of a deal, but it was something that I I noticed. Um, and then I also wasn't a big fan of of uh, Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor. I wasn't either. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think that. Um, and again, it, it, I think it had more to do with the way the character was written than the way it was oh, acted. Oh yeah. But um, okay, another trivia time. <laughs> um, Gene Hackman refused to wear a bald cap. Is that or, why he wasn't yeah, bald? Yeah, or like, shave his head. He just would not do it. Then cast someone else. Lex Luthor is bald. Get over yeah. it. And they would um, they would simply style his hair differently from scene to scene to give the impression that he was wearing wigs because he wouldn't wear a wig either. <laughs> and, uh, 
he finally relented in the final uh, scene, and he and and actually the bald cap. If you go back and look at it, it is clearly visible. <laughs> so I think they just threw it on and said, "Shoot it, let's go." Um, I just don't understand. He was that. also kind of a a hard ass about. He had a mustache at the time, and he didn't want to shave his mustache. And and finally, was that with these uh, Superman movies? I know, mustaches. I know. It. <laughs> but I think it's funny. Richard Donner before he met. Um, uh, him face to face, he says, uh, um, or uh, Gene Hackman, uh, Richard Donner asked, told Gene, I will shave my mustache if you shave yours. <laughs> and he said, all right, fine. And so he showed up and uh, he sh- had shaved his mustache, but Richard Donner still had a mustache. <laughs> and then he just ripped it off because it was a fake mustache. <laughs> he never had a mustache in the first place. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, I love trivia. <laughs> Why was he so weird about his hair, though? I, I even aside, well, they they had a hard time casting uh, a lot of the this movie. Uh, other than the, I think the main character, everybody wanted to be Superman, including yeah. Um, All right. Well, was there anything else you wanted to add for acting and casting? Um, no, I don't think so. I I gave the highest ratings to. Uh, casting of main characters, of course. Yeah, me too. Um, and uh, casting of secondary characters. I thought that uh, everybody was pretty well cast. I think you know there might have been, we have a few exceptions there. Um, yeah. But uh, overall, I thought the casting was was very good, and the acting was was sufficient, if not better than sufficient. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, what was your total for the category? Six point six. I gave it a 6.8. Very close. Yeah. Um, So that's going to bring us to the next category, which is one I don't have too much to say about for this one. (laughs) It's going to be cinematography lighting. So I, I, I don't know that much about cinematography and lighting. So I really tried to pay attention this time and watching the movie and, and, and watch for scenes that I thought really uh, portrayed good cinematography. Um, First of all, in the uh, early scenes on Krypton, or if you're Marlon Brando, Krypton. Um, <laughs> why did he do that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not pronounced that way, Mr. Brando. <laughs> um, on Krypton, uh, everything was bright and white, and I, I can imagine that's very difficult to, to light and, and yeah. to have it film appropriately, where, where everything isn't just over... Um, you know, saturated with light. It, um, yeah. I thought that was very um, unique. And uh, mm-hmm. with all of the crystalline structures everywhere uh, and the light bouncing off of them, I thought it was really cool and uh, yeah. and, and kind of different. And then um, in Metropolis, especially at night, uh, there were some really cool shots of uh, just reflections uh, in the uh, on the streets and the street signs and... Uh, um, I don't know how much the uh, uh, lighting director had to do with you know, lighting a city street, but uh, it was it was very well you know filmed. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, uh, what was the oh the other one was uh, in Kansas. Uh, yeah. Uh, all of the lighting went to these warm colors, and everything was just kind of comfortable and homey. And uh, uh, there was one scene uh, where 
Clark and his mom are out in the wheat field. Yeah, it was, was just it was just really gorgeous. pretty and yeah. really well lit and or not well lit because you're outdoors, but it's uh, still yeah, yeah, it was it was just really um, really a nice scene uh, and yeah. I, I really like the way it was filmed. So. I agree. I really I had really only two notes with the with the lighting and one of them was was just what you were saying with the the Kansas shots. I just thought were yeah. were just gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Um, just all the. Dramatic skies and mm-hmm. fields and and just the magic hour kind of lighting like it was yeah. just it was just yeah. very very well I mean the shots were well composed but just the the, the lighting and the just the way the way things looked yeah. I guess was yeah. just like it was like a painting almost mm-hmm. um, so I thought that that was some of the best cinematography in the movie was just the the Kansas shots um, although it was good throughout um, one complaint that I had and this is probably a little nitpicky but it was one of the only times I really noticed um lighting in general so I kind of noted it um there's the scene where he like wakes up in the middle of the night and he's like called into the barn or whatever and he like finds the crystal yeah and it was so dark and I know it was like yeah I know it was yeah. nighttime obviously it's gonna be dark but like yeah. I could barely see what was going on and yeah. I think it was just so that when he lifts the crystal it'll like light everything off with the green which which did kind of look cool but yeah yeah I don't know. It just bothered me enough that I didn't really knock the score down much, but it was it was worth yeah. noting. I not thought. not to backtrack too much, but in in going back to writing just a little <laughs> bit, um, what was going on there? Was the crystal talking to him? How did he I know guess? to do all of those things? I, it was another yeah. one of those little plot holes that uh, I'm sure there was an explanation, but it was never filmed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I it just. I don't know. I was kind of willing to just go with it. Say, yeah. I guess there's some yeah. weird telepathy going on yeah. with this crystal or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I agree. That it was... And even his, you know, Jorel told him when he got to the fortress that, well, I can see you're here now. And that must be because you've reached 18 years of age. And yeah. Okay. So what did you <laughs> right. program him in his biology or something to respond to this? I, I don't yeah. Know. That's. I, I guess we shouldn't think about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I never liked that excuse. If, if you have to tell yourself not to think about it too much, it's probably worth thinking about at least a little. A little bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, was there anything else you wanted to talk about within the lighting category? Um, no, I don't think so. All right. I don't think so. Um, so I gave the total a 6.0. So. Oh, I was a bit higher. I went with 7.6. Okay. On lighting. Uh, so that's going to bring us to the next category, which I literally have nothing to say on this one. I didn't take a single note within this category. Um, and that's cinematography camera work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, for some reason, just nothing. So, I mean, everything looked nice. Nothing looked bad. But there was nothing where, like, as I was watching, it was like, oh, it's really gorgeous. I got to yeah. write that down. Or that yeah. was really interesting. It all seemed pretty standard to me. Well, I gave it... A bit higher. In fact, I gave it a seven across the board in this category. Everything got a seven. Okay. Uh, because I, I just liked the way, I, I don't know, I just liked the way the movie was shot, especially in the flying scenes. Uh, you know, the camera. That's true. It just, yeah. It, you know, in the old 50s show, when all you, and whenever you saw Superman flying, he was just very stationary on the screen yeah. and the clouds were rushing past him. Right. Uh, in this, the camera moved as well as he moved and it was just, uh, it was... There was a flow to it that I really, really enjoyed. That's um, true. And, yeah. um, uh, you know, there were a lot of, um, like, the helicopter scene where the 
she was falling from the helicopter or about to fall from the helicopter. There was, there were shots looking down so you could really get a perspective that she was you know, very high up and this was yeah. very dangerous. And um, I, I like the, um, also the scenes where he's chasing the, the missiles. Uh, yeah. There was some suspense built up in that because it was, uh, you know, they were going between the hills and he was on the other side. And uh, but the camera was, you know, following uh, either him or the missile or both. And it was uh, I, I, I really gave it high scores for their their camera work. All right. No, so. uh, I gave it fives across the line. Okay. Um, so I came out to a five point oh for me. I wasn't really mm. thinking about the like the flying scenes and stuff like that. I probably could have been higher on things like camera movement and, and storytelling, but I guess I was thinking more special effects for that stuff, even though that it is more camera work. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know where to draw the line between camera work and special effects. Cause they both kind of play into it. So. Yeah. All right. So yours count, you said sevens down yeah, the line. Mine, mine was seven uh, right. for that category camera work. Um, so that's going to bring us to editing and special effects. One of the things right off the bat that I noticed, um, the opening credits I thought were interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah. It reminded me so much of Star Wars. That's what my mom, my mom, mom <laughs> that's what mom said. Yeah. Um, and um, I, I never caught that because the, 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 the credits flew in, and in, in Star Wars, they scroll. So I, I, yeah. I don't quite get that. But um, uh, funny piece of trivia about the credits. <laughs> the opening credit scene um, was more expensive than most mo entire movies oh, at that time. Um, incredibly uh, expensive. I don't know how much, but it was uh, yeah. what I read was it was more expensive to do those credits uh, then it took most movies on average, uh, entire yeah. movies at that time. And the closing credits uh, ran for seven minutes, and it was the longest time at that point in history that you had uh, closing credits running on the screen. Jeez. Yeah. Now that's so. like 15 minutes for the credits. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that's interesting that the end credits were about seven minutes because the opening credits, another thing, I, like once they ended... I looked at the time, I was like, that was over six minutes of opening yeah. credits. And it was, I mean, it was, it has like the iconic, yeah. well now iconic Superman music. So yes. I'm like, I don't really mind because you've got the Superman music and you're getting pumped up yeah. for watching the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, that was a pretty bold move to yeah. just be like, yeah. here's six minutes of names at the beginning of a movie. <laughs> and then find out it was so expensive. It's a bold move. <laughs> bold move. Bold move. I'm not going to say it was a bad move, but yeah. it was bold. Yeah. Um. For special effects, I thought that the, um, I mean, again, for the time, yeah, the flying was amazing. Absolutely, right? yeah. I can look back on it now, especially in their, uh, you know, can you read my mind scenes? And they're <laughs> flying together around the yeah. Statue of Liberty, for example. It yeah. was, you could tell it was, things were just a, a little bit off. Yeah. Uh, but there were so many other scenes, like when he was taking off, he was flying from the balcony after the interview. It's like, there he goes. He's just flying. And it was yeah. seen, you couldn't see a wire. You couldn't see anything. And it just looks so natural. Yeah. And the way he moved his arms and he just, uh, it's like, well, that's how a guy would fly if he could fly. It was, it was really incredible. I can remember seeing the movie the first time in the theaters 
and and thinking, oh my God, that's amazing. How, yeah. You know, and of course, now we have decades of advancements and special effects that make it look a little bit simple. But uh, at the time, it was incredible. Yeah, absolutely. You know. For some reason, I only gave special effects a 7 out of 10, and there must be a reason. I gave it a 7 as well. I mean, it okay. wasn't, um, you know, I guess I was looking back on it and thinking, well, okay, I can see there where they didn't get the mat just quite right or something, or the yeah. camera movement didn't follow the, the, the character or the... Uh, the scene exactly right um so there were a few glitches in there so i couldn't i didn't feel right giving it more than seven for special effects i don't feel quite so bad then (laughs) some of the the scenes in the beginning i recently watched 2001 a space odyssey with jesse Mm -hmm. and there were some scenes where i was like this kind of really seems like it was influenced by it and sometimes it really worked like there's a scene where it's where he's in this the space shuttle hurtling towards Earth and, you know, had a little bit of that element, but it didn't feel too slow and you have the voiceover giving us exposition as it's happening. So, uh-huh. like, that didn't, like, that had a little bit of that vibe, but I didn't mind it. But then there were, it was really just in, like, the first act, mostly, like, on Krypton. There were just a few scenes here and there where I'm like, this is a really long, lingering shot. <laughs> like, okay. So that was just kind of, I guess, just there something were, interesting. There, were, there but... were some pretty long shots in, in on Krypton, and I think it was tried to give you the idea that this is so vast and so yeah. different than Earth. And um, But yeah, it was probably went on a little too much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so the, the pacing I gave, um, I gave continuity and pace a 4 out of 10 again, just because some of the pacing... That's probably a little too harsh on the pace. It's not that bad. And I do think it's more within the editing than the writing. I probably could have given the pace within the writing a little bit higher, but um, that was really the the only negative I saw within the editing was just, just some of those like yeah. longer sweeping yeah. shots. And some yeah. of them like looked really nice. I mean, like there's even a couple in Kansas that go on for a little bit longer, but right. it's like, oh, but it's gorgeous. It's a yeah. nice moment between like a mom and a son. Like it's, it's fine. Um, but then some of the Krypton ones is like... We get it. You're in space, and I, go, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I think, I think after watching 2001, I've learned I don't have patience for long sweeping shots. Yeah. Even if they're really gorgeous. So, but yeah. I mean, other than that, I, I thought, I thought editing was was pretty fine overall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, um, I gave overall editing a seven. Um, yeah. And um, I, of course, I gave special effects a seven, and and other mm-hmm. things are are a six. So. Above average? Yeah. Well, I say that. I get, My total score for editing came to a, a 5.7, which doesn't technically exceed expectations, but is on the higher end yeah. of of the meets expectation. And really, I mean, it's mostly just the pace that drags it down. Other than that, it would be would easily be in the exceeds expectations category. Yeah. I get my overall for editing and special effects came to a 6.4. All right. That's going to bring us to the next category, uh, which is going to be sound. I already talked about one of the main things I was going to talk about as far as the Can You Read My Mind song, which I did. I did dock the score soundtrack a little bit, knowing that that's considered a song, apparently. (laughs) Um, Thank God it wasn't actually a song. That would have been so much worse. What category was that that you rated it? Uh, Score score soundtrack. Oh, okay. 
Just right. since it was originally See, supposed I, to be. Well, it was supposed to be, but it wasn't. So but it was credited I, as one. Uh, I don't know. It wasn't a song in my grading system. Fair enough. Right? <laughs> I did give it. I had it as a, I think, a 9.5 um, or maybe even just a 9. I don't remember. But then I knocked it down a little bit when I saw that in the credits. Um, and the main reason it didn't get a perfect 10 before that deduction um, was just that, the. I mean, the scores amazing like it's john williams it's super yeah. iconic yeah. like it's got a really good blend of like feeling really <clears throat> epic but also has like almost like a classical music sound at times right. like it's a really i mean it's john williams it's a fantastic score uh, but there are times particularly um if not exclusively when it's like the lex luther scenes where the music does get very um like mickey mousing where it's like you know they oh. walk forward and it like matches their movements all i mean it wasn't quite that bad but yeah. it was just very yeah. like it got a little cheesy Cartoony. exactly yeah. exactly yeah. which i'm sure is what they were going for because i'm like well it's a superhero movie of yeah. course it's going to be cartoony it, it is a cartoon right. so i mean a lot of that just goes to to genre and, and the development of the genre and all of that um but it was noticeable enough that it kept it from getting a perfect <clears throat> 10 and then it got a little bit of a a little more of a ding too because of the can you read my mind thing. yeah well okay <laughs> so i gave i gave the score and soundtrack an 8.5 out of 10 i gave i gave score and soundtrack an 8 um okay and, and, you're and, all giving me a hard time no no <laughs> that and that's mostly because of the um john williams score i mean that song yeah that 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 superman theme it yeah. just still sends chills yeah. Um, I just love it. Love it. I did think, like, I really liked um, a lot of the sound effects throughout the movie. Like, they were all, especially on Krypton, there's a lot of, like, little stereotypical, little cliche. Yeah. It definitely has, like, yeah. a, like, space sci-fi sound yeah. effects. Yeah. Which I liked. That said, I thought that the thing within the, the sound mix or the, the overall sound design, like... Those sound effects were so loud. I'll tell you one <sighs> scene that, um, or uh, several scenes where I really dinged it on on overall sound design was whenever they were in the Daily Planet newsroom. There was all oh, of the, yeah. the din of the typewriters and people talking and telephones ringing. And I felt that the character's dialogue was muffled. Mm -hmm. I couldn't quite make out what they were saying because there was all of this extra noise and I thought it was just a little bit overdone. Yeah. And uh, they, they should have found a better balance, I think. Yeah. Just need a little <laughs> bit of typewriters in the background, a little yes, bit of phone yes. ringing. Yeah, yeah. I noticed there was even one point where the scene ended with the phone ringing so then you jump into the next scene and I'm like, is it going to be someone answering a phone or something? Like it was yeah. really jarring where yeah. it's like, why was there a phone ringing? Like that was, didn't even make sense. <laughs> And it was so loud, like it was full volume, like as if someone was making a phone call. Right. Like I think that was just in the right. background when they cut and they just yeah. kept it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there were just little things. I don't usually get super nitpicky in the sound design, so I figure if it's something, I'm like, if I notice, it's probably pretty bad because yeah. I'm pretty, I don't yeah. usually notice. Um, and even like, even within the, the opening credits, I felt like when the names like swooshed in, it was like such a loud sound yeah. effect. And I'm like, this is yeah. a great score. Like, yeah, like, like it's yeah. fine to have the sound effect there, but like tone it down a little so we can still like hear the song. Yeah. So yeah, there were just, just a, a little things here and there with the, the sound design and the, <laughs> and the sound mix that just wasn't quite right. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, I really don't have. Anything else within this category? Is there anything you want to add? No, I don't think so. Right. I gave it a 6.4 overall for sound. Okay. 
I give it a 6.2. Oh, there you go. Uh, so that's going to bring us to the next category, which is going to be <clears throat> aesthetics. Um, and I have some... What do you have to say about the hair this time, Rachel? <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually don't have anything to say about the hair, but man, I've been the last couple of reviews... <laughs> I, I heard. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Hair actually, I thought I thought the hair was. I actually gave hair a really high score for some reason. I hair and makeup. Mm. I was really generous on with this movie. I guess I really liked it. Well, hair. I think I gave it a little bit of a boost just for little things like the iconic curl. Yeah, and things yeah, like that. Yeah, and and I did think I, I thought Margot Kidder's hair. I mean, it was very very seventies, but it was very yeah. like it somehow seemed to fit. I, I got a kick mm. out of just seeing some of the background players, like the extras. Yeah. They were, all, you could tell this was a 70s movie. Yeah, oh my goodness. for sure. <laughs> Which I um, always think is kind of fun. I mean, even like um, mm. when you see Lana Lang in the very beginning, and she just has like, I mean, it's kind of made a comeback now, but that like super straight, like flat yes. iron straight yeah. hair, and yeah. it's like 70s. Yeah. You know? yeah. This is supposed to take place in like the 50s, I think, for the scene, <laughs> but 70s. <laughs> uh, a funny note about. Um, Clark Kent and Superman's hair. Another oh. piece of trivia for you. <laughs> um, and I never knew this until recently, that uh, Clark Kent's hair is parted on one side and Superman's hair is parted on the other. I feel like I've heard that before. I didn't yeah. notice it with this, though. Yeah, I, I, I didn't notice it until, after, until I read it afterwards. And, yeah. But, yeah. I think they... I don't know. I think that's kind of neat to... You yeah. Know, something more than the glasses. Just the glasses. Right, Yeah. <laughs> Although I think there was a pretty decent difference in the way they looked in this one. Like, yes, yes. Which I kind of, all, like, everybody yeah. always makes fun of that trope. And I'm like, yeah, it's a little ridiculous with the amount of time right. Lois Lane spends with both of them. Like, right. I get it. But, right. like... And I, and I think that goes to Christopher Reeves acting. And, oh, yeah. And to be able to portray two different people, essentially, and make them look and act so different. Um, yeah. It's, it's really well done. I agree. One thing that I noticed with the with the mm. costume, and I tried not because a, a big part of it, I do, I'm just not a big fan of the Superman um, uniform. In like, it's just I know, it's the very old fashioned underwear on the outside, and you know, I prefer <laughs> newer designs. Um, oh no, I'm a, uh, I'm too old fashioned. <laughs> yeah, you like it. That's I mean, a lot of people do. Um, but I tried not to, like, I didn't ding it too much, because that's not really fair to be like, well, I like later designs more, because, I mean, this, I mean, it was yeah. true to the comics, and they, yeah. they I, it, it's fine for, you know, if you compare it with the comics, they did a good job <laughs> adapting it. Um, but one thing that I did notice in the scene where they're on the balcony, and she's, like, doing the interview or whatever, yeah. and I swear you can see the S on his cape, like, it looks like it's starting to come off. Like, really? it almost looks like there's, like, it's, like, felt, and it's just stuck on there, and the edges are curling up. Like, it, and maybe, maybe it was just a weird shadow, yeah. like, maybe that's not even what it was, but it just looked like, like it was cheap and falling apart, and it, huh. the whole scene, I'm like, fix someone Somebody fix, fix it. That. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that got, that got a little bit of a ding, but I did love, um, I loved Lois Lane's outfits, like, she just had the classic, uh, like, yeah, you know, yeah. pillbox hat yes. and, and yeah, skirt yeah, suit yeah. And, yeah. and just just all of it. Like it was so seventies, but so perfect for you know nineteen seventy eight businesswoman. Like it was yes. very appropriate yeah. and and quite stylish. Like it was cute. Like I was like I would wear that. Yeah, not really, but in in 
a fantasy world where I could afford vintage <laughs> clothes and pull it off. Sure. Like, it was just, I just loved her, her look. Yeah, I guess that's about all I had. I really did go really high on the hair and makeup, and I'm not, I don't know, I guess I thought it was really outstanding. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I guess that's really all I have to say about the the character aesthetics, at least, of the, the hair, makeup, and costumes. Oh, no, there was one other thing. I did really like the, um, the Kryptonians' outfits, because it was such a, there was such a specific time frame where, like, that was the fashion for futuristic people. Yeah. And it's so, like, like that, that is the 70s and 80s version yeah. of futuristic. So it's, like, so dated, but it's, like... Yeah. I don't know, there's just something charming about, like, for a time, that was what we thought everybody would that's be wearing right. or right. whatever. That's right. Um, One thing, um, again, I'm, here I go with the trivia again. <laughs> um, on, on Krypton... Or if you're Marilyn Brando, Krypton. Um, <laughs> they uh, all wore their family crest. Yeah. And, and Jor-El wore the, you know, the Superman uh, insignia. Um, that is the first time that, uh, in that movie, that it, the uh, Superman shield is associated with a family crest from, from really? uh, Krypton. That's not from the comics? That's not from the comics. It's since huh. been adapted in, into the comics, and every yeah. incarnation of Superman since then yeah. uh, has, has used this, this part of the mythology. But uh, that was the first time. And it's my understanding from the trivia I read on IMDb that uh, that was Marlon Brando's idea. And he says, wow. I should wear Props that. Props to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyway. It's probably just bitter he didn't get to play Superman, but no, <laughs> not really. He, I'm uh, just kidding. Um, he, was, he was quite the pill. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure. He refused to uh, memorize his lines. What? He wanted uh, it to be fresh. Sure. <laughs> so he wouldn't memorize lines. And in fact, there was the scene when he was putting... Uh, Kalel in the capsule and he's there and he and Laura are looking down upon this baby and Marlon Brando is is speaking these wonderful thoughts about you know we're giving you a better life and you're going to have all of these amazing powers um, he was reading that off of the baby's diaper the ba- <laughs> they, they pinned the script to the baby <laughs> so he had something to read yeah, he was a pill. Wow. <laughs> Actors, man. That's I know, I know. <laughs> but it was Marlon Brando. Yeah? He got so much money for that, too. Ten minutes of screen time. Yeah, and top billing. And top billing. <laughs> and, uh, huh. yeah. Oh, uh, I did want to mention uh, sets and locations. Yeah. Um, the, um, you know, again, the first time that the Fortress of Solitude had been seen on the big screen and the vision that it was made up of these crystals. You know, the whole idea that crystals, these Kryptonian crystals can grow uh, things and hold information and all that is original to this movie. And huh. uh, it, uh, um, it, was, it was just a very unique perspective on, um, on what that could look like. So. Yeah. So did he have a fortress of solitude in the comic book? Oh yeah, he had a fortress of okay. solitude, but it wasn't didn't it didn't like... it was just made out of ice and you know, that oh. he carved into the side of a mountain. He just made himself a playhouse. Yes. <laughs> a little, little fortress of solitude. Huh. All right. I did want to, speaking of um sets and locations, is there a, a reason why 
Lex Luthor just like have this hideout in the sewers. Isn't he like a really rich businessman? They didn't like, establish what he did other than the, he was a weird the guy best, who... you know, criminal mind of the yeah. world. Um, no, I, yeah, he's, um, this was before Lex Luthor was established as a businessman in the comics. That was, happened in really? the 80s. Yeah. Huh. And so in the, in the, in the comics at that time, he was just a criminal mastermind. You know, he was out for power or money or whatever. Um, huh. okay. And, um, had a grudge against Superman. Sure. Um, but that was the basis of his existence. So huh. um, this movie kind of played off of that. Okay. I guess that's a little more forgivable then. Yeah. So I was like, why is like this big successful businessman living in the sewers? <laughs> and also, I <laughs> took issue with the swimming pool. Yes. Because I'm like, they're basically... I guess they weren't in the sewers, but they were underground. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, that's got to that... be filthy. Yeah, I'm like, I don't care how clean that water looks, I would not trust it. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's more of a nitpicky, silly note, but I did like things like uh, just within the like props within his lair, like just yeah. like, like there's like an old, it wasn't all the time, it was brand new, like the Mac. In the oh, back. I didn't I, notice I that. I forget what the what the first ones were called, but it was like you know that little tiny square. Yeah, it's like the yeah. first, the series one or whatever yeah. they called it. There was like one of those, and I'm like, man, people must have seen that and been like, we know he's rich because he's got the computer. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was pretty. I mean, at least I'm assuming that that's what it was. That's what it looked like. I didn't notice. Um, yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, uh, and then there's the moment where he goes, he's looking to change it into a Superman outfit when he needs to save Lois Lane and he like sees the payphone. It's like, Oh yeah. Like, Oh no, if I can't change in there. <laughs> so, <laughs> that, that. That's one thing I really enjoyed. And I, I remember, you know, again, back when I first saw this movie, um, how I really enjoyed the different ways in which he would change into Superman. Yeah. Um, it, it was, it wasn't just, you know, he would run into a phone booth every time. Um, and I thought that was fun. My favorite was when he, you know, just jumped out of a window yeah. and then changed into Superman on the way down. Yeah. Um, so I, that was, that was fun for me. Yeah. I always used to like, you know, if, if this really existed in the real world, how would one do this? If you had super speed, well, you could do anything you wanted yeah. anytime. So I like that they added variety to that. Yeah. And I also like, like, cause after he can't find a payphone, I guess, he goes to the, like, revolving door. Yes. And changes, which was just, like, a, a neat substitute, Which he, which he just recently got himself trapped in. Yes, or, that's know. what I was going to say. Yeah. That, like, as Clark Kent, he can barely walk through one of yes. those. And as yes. Superman, he can, like, yeah. do all that. So I thought that, uh, <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> so what was your overall for aesthetics? Uh, my overall for aesthetics um, is actually... Just about the highest category of anything. Really? Um, yeah, I gave it a, a 7.3 out of 10. Uh, it, it is actually my lowest category. And I guess really? I just didn't know what to look for. And, I mean, um, yeah. But I gave it a 5.4. My highest was in costumes because of okay. Superman costume. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I probably should have given sets and locations a higher rating. I only gave it a 5. I gave everything I too, else a actually. five, yeah. um, but I think there were some pretty unique sets. Uh, yeah, mm. yeah. My I probably would have been pretty close to your score on that, and I still 
really not entirely sure why I gave hair and makeup such high scores, but I did. Okay. So <laughs> I thought that was my gut instinct, I guess. The hair I kind of got, because I did like all the like super 70s hair in a good way. Like it was just kind of fun, retro and the Clark Kent and Superman, different hairstyles. Yeah. It's fun. But the yeah. makeup one, I'm, I'm a little miffed, but <laughs> it's what I gave it. So it's what I gave it. <laughs> um, uh, so that's going to move us on to the next category, which is going to be impact on film. Uh, so this one gets divided up into three separate subcategories of critical impact, audience cult impact, and historical and inspirational impacts. And this one, I usually go pretty literal with this and I'll just look at, you know, for critical impact, I go to Metacritic and for audience cult impact, I'll look at various aggregate sites and kind of come up with something but this movie predates all those sites anyway yeah, and, and it's yeah. been around long enough yeah um so i just kind of went mostly on on gut instinct i guess um so for critical <laughs> impact i gave it an eight out of ten i feel like critics still like it i feel yeah. like it was well received at yeah. the time from, yeah. from my understanding so that's what i went with for critical impact and for audience cult impacts um 9.5 out of 10 easily um, I mean, it's definitely a cult favorite. It's definitely, uh, it's permeated popular culture. It's referenced far more often than yeah. I think a lot of people realize. Yeah. Like, it's just very iconic and and started off, you know, superhero movies and which people love. So, so I gave that pretty high. And then historical and inspirational impact, I gave a perfect 10 pretty much just because it, it started the superhero genre for yeah. the most part as yeah. far as, as big yeah. budget Hollywood movies yeah. go. I'm pretty close to your scores, maybe a tad lower. I also gave Critical Impact an 8. Okay. Audience and Cult Impact, I gave a 9. And Historical and Inspirational Impact, I also gave a 9. Yeah, I think uh, I, I probably could have gone higher on, especially on Historical and Inspirational Impact. I think it being the first superhero movie, and you can think of every superhero movie that has followed this as, as being you know partially due to uh, Superman. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think you know historically significant film. All right. Uh, so my those three scores for me averaged out to uh, the only score higher than aesthetics for me and averaged out to a nine point one seven. I got an eight point six. All right. Um, so that's mm. going to bring us to overall enjoyment. Um, I'm going to go first on this one because I don't want to be a bummer because I. <laughs> I'm sure yours is going to be much higher than mine. Um, I only gave it a, a 6 out of 10. Oh, Rachel. I know. You're so disappointed in me. <laughs> I do. I have a little bit of a hard time with this movie because I, I love a lot of the things that it's doing. And I love looking at it from the perspective of like genre evolution and superhero evolution. Yeah. And, and even just you know, even just within DC movies or even just specifically Superman movies, like just the the evolution of how far it's come like I, I really enjoy it from that perspective but there were just enough things um you know the whole last act just kind of yeah annoys yeah. me yeah um which, which is largely it probably would have been closer to an eight if it wasn't for for some of the issues i have with the last act um and then some of the issues with pace as well because i don't it just felt really long to me um so so those are really the two biggest things are, are the last act and and some of the issues with the pace um, and so, some of the stuff with characters as well, just the the lack of character arcs. And, yeah. and particularly, I think the biggest disappointment for me within the characters, not to backtrack too much, um, but I do think seeing the character of Lois Lane turn into such a, like, blubbering, flirtatious. Yeah. Like, because even, like, growing up with, with Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman, which, which 
has a lot of those aspects too. Like that's not exactly the the model Lois Lane, but it's still like so I was like seven when I was watching that. Yeah. So I feel like like that character was was very formative to my my young years and and in a really good way. Like it was like that's how you go out and get what you want. You don't care what people think. You, yeah. You do what you do. Like and you just go out and do it. Yeah. Um. So then to see that character just kind of be just. A, a bouldering schoolgirl, and yeah, just, like it's just yeah. it's just a little disappointing um so that also kind of went into it so i don't mean to over explain i just i know yours is gonna be no, that's, that's fair <laughs> we all have our viewpoints mm. i uh I, I gave it an eight um okay. i i could have gone higher but it was those same things that you mentioned yeah. you know that third act is little, <laughs> little little goofy yeah um but Watching it again yesterday, and I, I don't know when it, the very final scene when he's flying into space, and you know, and he looks at the camera as he's flying by. You, yeah. you know that scene I'm talking about? Yeah. I felt like I was, you know, 12 years old again. It was <laughs> so fun. I just Uh-oh. and the music's playing in the background, that iconic theme. Yeah. Um, and and it just made me just love the movie all over again. Just that yeah. one, <laughs> that one moment. Um, and so I can forgive a lot because I have kind of an emotional attachment to this character and yeah. this, uh, um, and this movie. So, um, anyway, I gave it an eight All for right. overall enjoyment. Good deal. Um, did you give, uh, Superman any extra credit? Of course. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I gave it a five, five extra credit points, uh, cool. just because it's Superman. <laughs> I, I really have <laughs> no other... All right. No other reason. Uh, it's Superman, and I like Superman, and he gets extra points. So. All right. It's my prerogative. <laughs> I can't stop you. <laughs> I I didn't give it give it any extra credit. I yeah. <laughs> That's all right. I thought about giving it extra credit just because because of all like you were saying, there's an emotional attachment to the character, and especially yeah. like like I remember watching Lois and Clark with you, like when I was a kid, and yeah. then some of the Justice League shows. Yeah. Like I, I have those memories, but they're not with this movie necessarily. Right. Like it's more so with with the things that came later. Um. So that kind of impeded me a little bit from from adding, even though it's still. I mean, I still think of you every time I see Superman, and yeah. and, and, and doing this review is certainly. Um, something that that I'm gonna associate with the movie from now on, which is which is fun. Um, so maybe I could have, but I I don't know. I just feel like my associations with Superman aren't tied to this movie. It's more so late, later yeah. things. Yeah. So so I didn't give it any extra credit. Um, so what was your total score? Total score seventy two point six. All right. Uh, my score it came out to a sixty four point six seven, which was a little lower than I than I thought it was going to be. But I, I it really just comes back to some of yeah. the things with the writing. You know, frankly, mine's a little lower than I thought it would be too. But you know, yeah. it still exceeds expectations. Absolutely, but, yeah. yeah. It's it's funny, you know, you watch these movies that you really love or believe that you really love, but you're now watching it with a critical eye, and exactly. it, and it makes makes it a little bit. Uh, a different experience. Yeah, which is why I add the extra credit category. Yeah, like, that, it, it's, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. All right. Was there anything else you want to add about about the movie or about about Superman in general or anything? <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I think we covered it all pretty well. Uh, oh. It's a fun movie. It is fun. Yeah. It was definitely fun. Fun movie. Despite its flaws. 
I, yeah. I maintain it's a fun movie. <laughs> Which is more than you can say about some of the other DC movies. Well, isn't that the truth? I mean, yeah. you know, you talk about flawed movies. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'll take these flaws over the flaws that I saw in Batman versus Superman. I mean, yeah, unfortunately, it's true. <laughs> I don't like just being mean to movies, but... Yeah. It's, aren't good movies justice yeah. league was fun i like justice league actually i did too it, it, i did too like this movie I it has too. flaws i was i was uh, only disappointed in that it wasn't more widely accepted yeah um, I, I i think it really deserved better than it got i do too yeah. like it's not the best movie ever made but it's <clears throat> i thought it was fine it was yeah. fun it was yeah. it was fun it wasn't riddled with with things that dc movies usually are riddled yeah. with so i i i well, I like to think that Joss had a lot to do with yeah. making Justice League better than what Zack could have delivered. Unfortunately, I'd have to agree with you on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Conversations for another time, though. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, I know, I know. So I think that about wraps up this discussion of Superman the movie. Thanks so much for listening. If you're interested in learning more about the grid rating system, be sure to check out grittyfilms.com slash thegrid. And that's Gritty Films spelled G-R-I-D-D-Y, films.com. You can also check out our Patreon page if you're interested in learning how you can help support this podcast. And that's going to be over at patreon.com slash grittyfilms. And if you're so inclined and you want to rate and review this podcast on iTunes, that would be super appreciated. And we'll help Nitty Gritty Reviews get uh, some more listeners. Um, so that'd be super awesome. It only takes a second. Um, and as far as upcoming reviews go, I actually recently got some new podcasting equipment, uh, which means my upcoming schedule changed a little bit. I'm going to be getting the, I have two more reviews that I recorded on the older equipment that I'm going to get out first. That's going to be Fargo on June 22nd with special guest co-host, my mom, Melissa, which I'm really excited about getting that one out there. And June 29th is going to be The Fifth Element with my friend Sammy and Brian, who also did Jurassic Park with me. Um, so those should both be really awesome. I'm going to be getting those out first. And then beginning in July, I'll be um, Tristan and I will be resuming Marvel Mondays with Iron Man 3, which will be the first Marvel Monday recorded on the new equipment. And we'll kick off um, Phase 2 for Marvel Mondays. So really excited about that. And then uh, the first non-Marvel episode recorded on the new equipment is going to be The Hours on July 6th with guest co-host my friend M. Um, so I'm super excited about all of those upcoming reviews. There should be some really good changes um, and, and just some exciting stuff happening for, for Gritty Films in, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so I hope you keep listening and, and thanks so much for listening to this episode. And we will see you next time. Uh-huh.